are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today on the Steve Day Show podcast edition on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd has the day off. Aaron is here with me. So you'll be hearing more from him as we break down some headlines from over the weekend, some weekend news and views. But I have already mentioned CRTV, so let's give the audience a little tease of what's coming up later today with our television show at CRTV.com. Aaron, fire away. I was uh, really 100% expecting Steve to come in today and sound like this after what happened this weekend. But uh, you didn't. Ever the consummate professional. You know, I really rested my voice yesterday. You took care of your voice. Yeah, if we we were the the Friday Sunday, Sunday instead of Thursday, Saturday. Oh boy! And and Jordan Poole had hit that shot at the buzzer Last late night. Sunday night. Yeah. Then uh, it would be large Marge or Aaron in the afternoon. Right. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I I I've got some experience losing my stuff over my favorite teams and sporting events, and so I've, it took me about twenty years. But I finally learned, you know, the next day since you have to talk for a living, say very little. So that. My family complimented my listening skills yesterday. I, I spent, I was very quiet yesterday, resting my voice. So thank you for taking note of that. Yeah, you bet. Uh, of course, the big news, uh, the, the biggest story that uh, happened over the weekend is what we talked about on the roundtable, and that is the fi- and we'll get into this a little bit more uh, now on on weekend news and views as well. The firing of of Andrew McCabe and what that means, and yet again. Um, with seemingly every story that uh, Trump touches, there is some degree of loathing and gnashing of teeth just because of his personality. And um, I, Rick Santorum on Fake News or Not today had a great point about that mm-hmm. that you'll, you won't want to miss as well. But it is, even even when even when they do things the right way, it's grating and it's just, you want it to be over with. Um and so again, so it's a typical Monday no uh, Monday show, um, loathing and gnashing of teeth. So we should change that. Maybe that's like the ninth name change. Yep. Uh, that that would be a, 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 an improvement over the Steve Day show, don't you think? Loathing yeah. and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, uh, we're we're moving up from other programming to loathing and gnashing <laughs> of teeth. But you're right about Rick Santorum, and and um, I came back in and pushed back on him pretty hard a couple of weeks ago for what I thought was a pretty weak take. Uh, but I thought over the weekend he summed up the current political environment we're in. Pretty much that was cash money, homie. And you can see that today in our fake news or not segment on CRTV. And if you're not, you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, CRTV.com, promo code DACE will get you a discounted subscription, not just to our show, but to all the shows as well. And I think up on our Facebook wall, aren't we running a, it's through Wednesday, right? It's a seven day free trial trial. that you can take advantage of through Wednesday. If you've never watched our show before, you want to go back and watch that series, The Seven Deadly Worldviews, we're giving you a chance to do that. If you go to our Facebook wall, the link to signing up for that that, uh, free trial via that method is right there, pinned at the very top of my Facebook wall. And that will still get you access in that free trial to try all the other shows at CRTV as well. From Roaming Millennial to 
the conservative millennial to the great one, Mark Levin. Yeah, and for our show in particular, uh, we've we've got that promo up there. It's a great opportunity to check out the seven deadly worldviews that we started the year with. That still stands on its own, and it's a great introduction to the show. And then also this week, it's a great opportunity because on Thursday, it's Marxist Madness, 32 mm. of the greatest Marxist freakouts. And we will begin the process of eliminating and uh, determining the champion of Marxism, which there's really no winners, but there's going to be one for for this one. Uh, That's on Thursday, Marxist Madness. You won't want to miss that as well. All right, so there it is, pinned up on my Facebook wall or CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And don't forget that we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is our email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you haven't done so yet, please take 10 seconds or less. Click that subscribe button there on Stitcher and iTunes. The more of you that do that, the more this podcast will grow because other people will see it as well. And thank you to all of you that have already done that. And if you have a couple of extra minutes and you could write us a positive review, those help us uh, on, on your platform to do that as well. And thank you to those of you who have already done so. All right, let's get you caught up on the news that uh, most of us probably missed over the weekend while we were marinating uh, in the madness. Uh, the, the single greatest in my money For my money, the single greatest sporting event in America every year is the NCAA tournament. And this first weekend was, it was madness. We had the most upsets we've seen in almost 20 years, since 2000. Seriously? Yeah, since 2000, yes. Uh, We we have one, one half of the bracket, the left half of the bracket, the highest seed remaining in, 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 in either of those regions are my Michigan Wolverines as a number three seed. Which I'm both very excited about, and oh, then I'm no. like, uh-oh. Yeah. If it's that kind of tournament, that means we're up next. Mm-hmm. Okay, But it was an incredible weekend. I had so much fun. Watched a lot of it with my son and um, woke everybody up at about midnight on Saturday night <laughs> yeah. when that 30-footer from Jordan Poole went in. That was crazy. And it, was a, it, was, it was cray-cray. But alas, there is, as the good book says, to everything there is a time and a season. We had our time for fun. It is now time to get back to the the hard work of culturing. And so, Aaron, you may begin with the big headlines from over the weekend. We'll start with uh, what, ha- what, what went down on uh, Saturday, I believe this happened. Uh, U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions, uh, I'm sorry, late on Friday, announced on Friday night that he was firing FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe after the Justice Department's internal watchdog accused McCabe of misconduct. Here's the statement by Sessions. Quote, after an extensive and fair investigation and according to Department of Justice procedure the department's office of the inspector general provided its report on allegations of misconduct by Andrew McCabe to the FBI's office of professional responsibility the FBI's OPR then reviewed the report and underlying documents and issued a disciplinary pro- proposal recommending the dismissal of Mr McCabe both the OIG and the FBI OPR reports concluded that Mr. McCabe had made an unauthorized disclosure to the news media and lacked candor, including under oath on multiple occasions. The FBI expects every employee to adhere to the highest standards of honesty, integrity, and accountability. That's the main part of the statement. Donald Trump, uh, of course, was quick to make this um, into something it probably shouldn't have been. He said, Andrew McCabe on Twitter, Andrew McCabe fired a great day for the hardworking men and women of the FBI, a great day for democracy. 
Sanctimonious James Comey was his boss and made McCabe look like a choir boy. He knew all about the lies and corruption going on at the highest levels of the FBI. This is one of those stories, and we said this a lot during the 2016 election. What if everybody's worst assumptions about the other is true? (laughs) Right? Yep. And and, and I think I think this story and the way um, the way that uh, it tentacled is that a word? The way it tentacled over the weekend, um, I think are excellent is an excellent example of that phenomenon. Uh, the amount of fake news coverage uh, that that I saw over the last uh, twelve to sixteen hours from over the weekend, getting caught up to get ready to have this conversation when we got back to work today after the uh, long weekend we had. Um, what do I mean by fake news? This idea that um, this was some unilateral move by Trump. This was some unilateral move by Jeff Sessions. As Aaron pointed out in uh, his story there, two separate oversight entities, the Office of Personal Agents Responsibility, is that what it stands for, the OPR? Yep. Which is kind of like internal affairs at the FBI, basically. Uh, and, and then the Inspector General. So two separate entities of government both recommended, two separate oversight entities, both recommended this guy's firing. I, I mean, this has nothing to do with some unilateral move. If, if Trump was capable of manipulating the system to get two separate oversight agencies to do his bidding in such a way, would we see a lot of the clusters that we see on a daily basis from this White House? Would we see the meltdowns we typically see? Would we see the undotted I's and the uncrossed T's? Of course we wouldn't, okay? Um, it, it's, like this, it's like this notion that Trump timed is timing stories to take Stormy Daniels out of the news. Uh, chances are, if Trump were capable of this level of chess, we would have never heard unless you already searched unless you were already a, a fan of hers on Pornhub. You'd have never heard the name Stormy Daniels in the first place, man. Okay, so there's the fake news aspect of it. There's the swamp aspect of it, and and now we've you know another story that. It comes out from over the weekend, more on that troublesome FBI agent and some of his relationships with the FISA court judge and things of that nature. I mean, this, guy's a, this guy McCabe's a chronic leaker. So uh, there's the swamp aspect of it. So the, so the fake news, you know, the, the tribalists for Team GOP, they get affirmed that way. Then the swamp aspect of it, the tribalists for hashtag MAGA, you get affirmed that way. You're both right. But then, you know, if you're, if you're hashtag resist, you watch Trump's just punkish behavior in response to this, and he helps to feed your narrative for you. I mean, that, that response that Aaron just cited isn't presidential in the least. I don't think Trump would even behave that way on The Apprentice, man. Uh, and and, and, and he, he made the whole story about himself. See, this was an excellent opportunity to take the high road, to thank the attorney general and different agencies for conducting oversight and um, doing what was necessary, and that was it. And then just moving on. But Trump is the media. The media is Trump. They are in a, a, a toxic symbiotic relationship. They are two cancerous agents fighting over a dead corpse. 
And and so, no matter who wins, the res, the end result is death. And the way he communicates, and this gets to the point Rick Santorum made today on CRTV, the way that he communicates, Trump, he 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 provides the maximum amount of collateral damage for his own viewpoint, even when he's right. And that that cuts down the political the potential political benefit you receive from having him as your leader. He's just he's not capable of a modicum of maturity on a basic level. He's not he, he the the Twitter account isn't helping him on <clears throat> pardon me on any level whatsoever. It is a, a total loss leader comprehensively because it, it could be it could be a huge help if he if he even had a a simple dose of maturity. The, uh, such a tool that allowed him to blow up these daily fake news narratives would be <laughs> a thermonuclear bomb politically. But but he can't help but drop it in his own lap because he's got narcissistic personality disorder. And the reason why the media doesn't ever catch him, they don't ever bust him, is they're guilty of the as an entity systemically there's individuals that are exempt from this of course but systemically as an industry they are guilty of the exact same narcissistic personality disorder and so you have these two cancerous agents you know essentially pulling separately at the same corpse vying for control and the end result is just simply death and in the end he, he communicates in a way that does the most to fire up the other side's base while depressing his own. Well, Steve, how did he win the last election then? Did you see who he ran against? I'm, I'm just going to keep harping on this until it gets, until if or when it gets proven wrong. Everything I said about, Anna, throw it all out the window, Hillary Clinton is vile. She's just vile. And she keeps proving it over and over again. And by the way, she just proved it again last week. She's vile. Think about the fact for at least 4 million people who were the most likely to vote for her stayed home in 2016 who voted in 2012. At least 4 million people. Took a look at how crazy and nar- crazy narcissistic Trump is and still thought to themselves, I just can't bring myself to go into the polling booth and pull the lever for her she's just that vile think about that and that's why trump's president today those four million people which spread out 78 and and 78,000 votes over three states that he each won by a point or less and when your margin of victory is that slim you don't have to alienate a lot of people you don't have to tick off a lot of your own base well polls show he gets 79 percent of even he needs 81 82 percent I mean, when you're winning three states by 78,000 votes, Aaron, a point here in one demographic and a point two or three there in another demographic, uh, and sooner or later, you're talking about real results. So, you know, at this, uh, unless the Democrats are dumb enough to nominate a Nancy, nominate Nancy Pelosi, I, I can't imagine they will nominate someone whose likability is higher than Trump's as Hillary's was in 2016. And, and then when you throw in the lack of action from the Republican Party at the exact same time, 
on issues that you and I care the most about. Now they're talking about let's tax the internet, let's raise the gas tax. You know, if they do those two things, then then Nancy Pelosi was right. The the Trump tax cut is just crumbs. Unless you're a major corporation, then you're making out really well. But if you're a family like I am, who was ecstatic at maybe seeing up to five grand of my money back, and Aaron, you've been seeing some extra mm-hmm. uh, extra cash in your paycheck. I don't know. Start taking that extra cash, particularly you as a millennial who probably does most of his business online, right? right. So start taking whatever that extra cash President Trump put in your paycheck and start applying it to internet sales tax every time you go on to Amazon and a gas tax every time you want to jump in your mini coop out here in the parking lot mm-hmm. and take one of your little millennial trips of self-discovery. Okay, yeah. take a, It only takes a few of those and whatever that extra money is in your paycheck that Mr. Trump put there for you, it's all gone. Yep. And then some. That's that's the Well, the gas tax alone, I, I actually do quite a bit of driving um, and the, the gas tax alone would wipe out anything that I'm getting back, and then some, uh, if it is this 25 uh, cent. And of course, they say, well, this isn't forever. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Taxes never go away. They just get shifted somewhere else. And this, again, this entire story is why, uh, why I predicted a few weeks ago, Trump will not even run for re-election. Guys, this time last year, we were talking about the exact same freaking types of stories. Exact same types of stories. And you know what we were saying? It's only March. It's only March. Guys, it's it's barely a year since Trump has taken office. And we just go through these same cycles mm-hmm. again, over and over and over again. Yeah, we just got uh, better appointments at Secretary of State Larry Kudlow, or Kudlow is a guy that uh, I think most conservatives could trust for um, you know his his knowledge on economics. Okay, those are good things. And we just have this crap show on Twitter almost every single day uh, from 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 President Trump, and then of course the inaction on the part of the Big Tent Republican Party, and it's going to result in I I think if this continues. You have to think that it's going to result in some catastrophic losses in 2020. Maybe not in 2018. It's just because of the map in 2018 this year. But in 2020, uh, the writing should be on the wall already. But again, if Todd were here, he'd say whoever's dumbest last loses. And so far, uh, you can always count on uh, the left to come up with another uh, dumb thing to do. Uh, Moving on as well. There's a story in The Guardian over the weekend regarding a, a company that you have brought up on a few occasions, Steve, uh, Cambridge Analytica. There's a whistleblower by the name of uh, Christopher Wiley. Essentially what Wiley said, and this is a, there's a 13-minute video that you can watch, I would highly recommend you watch on YouTube, uh, of this interview with Christopher Wiley. He used to work for Cambridge Analytica. And here are the, the, the general takeaways from this uh, interview. One, Cambridge Analytica used Facebook to data mine millions, tens of millions of people's psychological profiles. And they did this through uh, apps, uh, basically, and what these apps did, if, if one of your friends in one of your networks had this app, then Cambridge Analytica or whoever had that control of that app could see everything that that person's friends, including you, did. That's a serious breach of 
of uh, of of privacy. Uh, and that's reflected today in Facebook's share prices. The other thing is is some shady connections to Russians. There's a Russian oil company that wanted uh, that uh, got together with Cambridge Analytica and basically um, gave them some pointers on uh, election disruptions. So that's another thing as well. And just general uh, shady dealings uh, all the way around. And Christopher Wiley in this interview, he basically says, "Yeah, I'm 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 a whistleblower, but I was you know I was in on the whole scam as well." This could have some tentacles, I think, for the Mueller investigation uh, and just general tentacles for the way data is is harvested and the role that Facebook social media has in essentially spying on people with the intent of engineering elections. This is going to be a rabbit hole, I think, uh, if this is followed up on that could go to some very dark places. I'm glad you put this story in your um in your weekend news and views, because I've I've made a couple of references to it, and in, I'm not one I'm not one to you know I'm not a big fan of cryptic references and things of that nature, but Twitter provides a limited meaning, a limited mechanism to explain why I think what I think about this story. However, here where we have more time, um, provides me that mechanism, so. Let me explain why I have done something the last couple times, including that this story, I made a reference to it over the weekend. Um, Let me explain why I've made a couple of cryptic references to the events surrounding Cambridge Analytica that I that you don't typically see me make. I'm typically about as subtle as a kick in the face. That's why I like Twitter so much. You kind of have to get to the point. But but, uh, some stories require more explanation. So without boring everybody to tears, you need, you need to understand the political backdrop here. Use of social, of, of social media, manipulation of social media algorithms, micro-targeting, you know, these are the sorts of things and terms and references that are commonplace in our politics today. Ten years ago, even, they weren't. And it was really the Obama campaign of 08 that really pioneered a lot of this stuff. And out of the president's, out of the former president's electoral success, Democrats just owned, owned the data war. Not to mention most of the companies, Google, uh, Facebook, Twitter, these are progressive companies. So they're friendly to the president, his party, his beliefs, the former president, his party, his beliefs, etc. And the Democrats had a massive data edge heading into 2016. One Republican candidate wanted to do something about that, and that was Ted Cruz. That's why I'm very familiar with a lot of this stuff, because uh, Chris Wilson, Cambridge Analytica, these were also things we used in the in the Cruz campaign. And it's 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 why one of the reasons why I was so good at predicting the outcomes of these primaries beyond my own home state of Iowa, where I just know the state really well. But one of the reasons why I was so good predicting these, the outcomes of these primaries the rest of the way is we had the best data. And a lot of it, or some of it at least, came from these people. We built the best data machine, I think, that you've ever seen in the Republican Party. Because we just were way behind. You know, there's a, there's a guy that uh, Bob Vanderplatz and I know. His name is Vince, who was kind of a young up-and-comer in the 08 Huckabee campaign. Dude's just making serious bank now, even doing foreign elections. 
because he's one of the few people on the right that really, truly gets this stuff. So, so, and I've, and I've said this to you and Todd privately right. for the last year. Right. What I'm about to say now, I've said yep. this to you guys privately for the last year. You'll back me up on this, right? Mm-hmm. I've just not, I've, I've not brought it up publicly because I wanted to see more evidence first. But if you go back a year ago, and what did I tell you guys a year ago? Watch that name. And the reason why is, let me use the drug trade as an example. Um, El Chapo isn't hand-delivering cocaine to your Upper East Side Manhattan uh, blow party, okay? Like, he doesn't just show up in a limo, you know, knock on the door and say, hey, we got it here in 20 minutes or less. There, there is an infrastructure required from the poppy field in Colombia or Afghanistan for that measure. All right, Some, There needs to be a mechanism of processing, delivery, etc. from there to the dealer that you buy from in your local community. The same works with political data. Those Russian nationals that were indicted and... And I, wanted, I was waiting for a story like that before I talked about this publicly, because what I'm about to say, Aaron, and if Todd were here, he'd agree. We've had this conversation privately for the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my speculation of where the story was going to go. Yeah. The Russians can want to do whatever they wanted to do to infiltrate America's election process with their propaganda. But the problem is the Russians, they, they can have, they can have the, the biggest massive bot program ever assembled. That doesn't guarantee you and I are ever going to see any of that stuff. Because, see, they, they have to be able to target that information to get it into the right hands. The, the list building, the, the list management... These are multi-million dollar endeavors. If you've ever done any data or any analytics, not just in politics, but for a corporation. In today's, in today's online world, it's like what they say about recruiting in college sports. It's the lifeblood of a program. A company's list is the lifeblood of that company. That's why they're so valuable. That's why they're so guarded. That's why they spend so much to keep them up to date. Do you guys know how much money it takes to send an email to 10 million people at once? And if you send it to 10 million people at once and 7 million of those unsubscribe or are dead accounts, you just you literally just went into an airplane with a with a suitcase full of cash and just let it go out into the clear blue sky or flushed it down a toilet. Not to mention then you get targeted for spamming and everything else with online regulators and then it becomes even more difficult for you to use those data tools to reach an audience. This is prime real estate in the data world. So the Russians can't even build functioning toilets for the hotel rooms when they're hosting the Olympics, guys. They don't have the means by which, how do we, how do we get Pepe the Frog how do we find enough a pocket of white nationalists in an Alabama primary to vote for Trump? Where do we find them at? How, 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 how do we find the people that Pepe that our bot will get Pepe the when we when we fire up Pepe the Frog on Twitter? That that's the siren that they will hear the siren song. You know, it's like Jesus says, "My sheep hear my voice." Okay, 
Well, it works that way in the data world, too. You got to know where to find these people. There is very limited mechanisms, platforms on the right that have either the technology or the means or, 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 the, or the masses, is what I should say, because technology would be the means, that have either the technology or the mass listing capable of taking whatever it is the Russians wanted to do and getting it in front of the eyes that would make a difference if they saw it. Someone had to provide that. Someone had to provide the processing and delivery mechanism for El Chapo's poppy fields in South America so that they would end up at, you know, your, your Oscars after party, your Upper East Side Manhattan soiree. And if you're targeting people on the right, the list of people that could pull that off is really small because we're way outnumbered compared to the left when it comes to data analytics and data manipulation. We're way outnumbered on that front. Way, way outnumbered. Biggest advantage Democrats have other than control of the pop culture is data. And when you start looking at people who are capable of doing it, it's a small list. Who's near the top of that list? Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is. We also found out about Cambridge Analytica. They were essentially double dealing. Yep. You know, when we thought they were working for us at the Cruz campaign, turned out at least at, at, at some point, maybe it wasn't until the very end when they thought Trump was going to win. But at some point, when you line up the timelines, they were double dipping. They were helping Trump at the same time they were helping us. So, really, really shady. Yes. Really shady. Now, people. it is possible still the entire Russia collusion story is all fake. We still have no evidence of direct collusion. I want to make sure I make that point very clear. But if there was an intent to collude with someone, you were going to have to go to a data mining analytical firm capable of getting that in the hands of the people that were likely to respond to it. And the list of people on the right who could help such an entity or agent do that is not very big. It might have less than five names on it, guys. And I'm being kind. And maybe at number one or number two on that list, at the lowest would be Cambridge Analytica. And and to me, this is where we're going to find out if this story is true. And I could be wrong about this, but this is where I think we find out ultimately if this story is true. Cambridge Analytica to me is the Alexander Butterfield of the of if I get the, I think that was his name of the of of the Trump Russia story. Wasn't he the guy in the Watergate hearings who just inadvertently said under oath, well, you know, President Nixon tapes everything at the White House in the Oval Office. Oh, well, that stuff just got real. We're going to up our... Now, now you... Because this would, this would be a means by which you could data... You could, you could target your specific people with your message. And I think, you know, the, the fake news media has put out... Is this like... They put out 25, this is now like Watergate yeah. uh, stories. And, and none of them have been about Cambridge Analytica. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. This is the real story right here. Why? Because they don't know what they're talking about, frankly, either. Because they're not doing news. They're doing narrative. And they're feeding an audience of anti-Trumpers and, and, and hashtag resistors that, are, that, that just want this content the way a fanboy wants more Star Wars content. They're just feeding them content. It's not news. 
feeding a market. If they were doing real news, this is the rabbit hole, as Aaron correctly used that term. This is the rabbit hole they would be pursuing because I think this is how you ultimately get to the truth. Now, maybe this kid who is an Edward Snowden who's had a conscience problem, maybe he's a total fraud, we don't know. But if you really wanted to find out, and you didn't have Robert Mueller's subpoena power, if you really wanted to find out, is this story true? This is what you pursue. Because... This was the only analytic firm Trump used. He hates analytics. He turned down all kinds of offers to do high-priced analytics. Thought they were a waste of money. He didn't need analytics. He had the media to help him. This was the only analytic firm that was pro-Trump in the entire political industry. So this would be one way to find out the truth of the collusion story is to follow this rabbit trail because they would be the only company with the means to connect the dots, to get to get it from some Russian bot program in you know uh, some uh, in, in some you know isolated compound in Serbia into your onto your laptop at your kitchen in Schenectady. And the other part of this story that's going to be bad news for conservatives, and it ties into what happened to Stephen Crowder last week. Stories like this that are going to be used as excuses where they were literally trying to weaponize Facebook's algorithms, they will use stories like this now to censor conservatives all the more. Mm -hmm. Mark my words, that's coming. Yep. Final thoughts, Aaron. Yeah, this this will be the uh, I think the defining story because we've you're right. We we did we we haven't said anything about this in the open. Uh but this connection to Cambridge Analytica. Again, it could be a direct connection to the Trump campaign because of one Steve Bannon. All the other stories, uh, all the other stories, it's been Paul Manafort, it's been kind of flitting around uh, the Trump campaign um, and, and no evidence of direct Russian collusion. Uh, and there's still, again, like you said, there could be nothing there. Uh, as far as Russian collusion goes, but what we will find out regardless could be extremely damaging, even if it has nothing to do with Russia, could be damaging in so many ways. And I don't I and you're right that that this will be used as and as as an excuse to censor conservatives. But now Facebook is I, their their share prices are down today. And I think this could be extremely, um, extremely bad news for them as well. Uh, so that's uh, it's it's going to be something we need to follow and follow pretty closely here on out. Well, don't forget, we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You have any follow-up questions on what I just tried to explain about what I think is potentially the most important and largely most ignored angle of this entire saga that we have been subjected to for the last year and a half. That's a good way uh, to get a hold of me and uh, follow up. Don't forget our show coming up later today at CRTV.com as well. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.